Empire. Are you ready for some football like you've never seen before? While we were showing that um, you know, in games and you know, uh, in, in reference to different stories, we were also recording proximity data, so distance uh, between players, not only uh, on different teams, but on the same team as well. We also can automatically uh, record the, the, the offensive and defensive formations. That's John Pollard, head of sports at Zebra Technologies, home to the NFL's next-gen stats, where data is informing the modern fan. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein. This is a personal geek out episode for me as someone who has mainlined the sport of professional football as a fan and now as a broadcaster for the last 25 years, including my newest role, which is as the radio play-by-play voice of the Washington football team. Next Gen Stats is one of the great implementations into the broadcast and obviously behind the scenes when utilized for modern team building. And John Pollard was more than eager to share the backstory and the future activations he and his team are working on. Our guest this week is John Pollard. He's the head of sports with Zebra Technologies, which is the company behind NFL's Next Gen Stats. And man, did we need statistical help with everything else that was missing from the NFL broadcast this year. Hey, John, how are you? Nice to have you here. Hey, Bram. Thanks for having me. I don't know that anything changed on your end, um, but with no fans in the stadium this year, how unusual COVID-19 was for the 2020 NFL season, did broadcasters, teams, did anyone ask you guys for anything different than what you've provided in the past? Well, uh, the short answer is no. We, we didn't receive any unique uh, requests based on the conditions that we're all living and working under here in 2020. Um, you know, but at the same time, our, our partnership with the NFL, of course, Zebra's the official player tracking technology partner of the NFL. And the 2020 season was our seventh season uh, in that partner with the league and providing uh, the tracking technology that delivers the next-gen stats for fans, the media, and the teams themselves. Um, but, you know, each year the NFL um, media group uh, goes through the tracking data and comes up with uh, a new set of uh, data and analytics and the reports. Uh, that they published on their next gen stat site. Um, so each of that, that's, that's a, the new stats and information that we see as fans and media are, are all really contingent upon what the NFL puts together. But each year they continue to expand the catalog and again bring us closer to the game by using our tracking data to tell a really unique story. All right, so let's go back um, to the beginning of it six, seven years ago. Um, what were you hoping to be able to provide to the NFL? You know, initially, the, the engagement between Zebra and the NFL was to provide, utilize our tracking data to generate information that could bring fans closer to the game. So uh, almost strictly, uh, the initial uh, activity was around media. Uh, so broadcasters could have more information to describe, to use to describe the game um, and also create another set of information that would allow the NFL to reach fans through their various digital media um, and then provide a new content stream, not only for their broadcast partners, uh, but for the teams themselves uh, to utilize to reach their fan bases. And so that was the initial work. Um, and, you know, the early stats that we saw were just strictly the miles per hour uh, speeds. And uh, thinking back seven years now, you know, miles per hour as, as an acceptable or relatable metric in football, it just didn't occur. You know, we, we yeah. all 
tend to go to the 40 yard time or the three cone shuttle time that might be recorded in, in Indianapolis. And then, you know, over seven, over the past seven years, we've seen not only fans, but the teams themselves in terms of the coaches, um, and the personnel evaluators. And of course, uh, media personalities and, and, and writers and such, uh, be very, you know, very comfortable in utilizing miles per hour to describe a player's capability. Yeah. I mean, well, we had two boy, prime examples of it this year. Anytime you show Tyreek Hill and then, what was the rundown by DK Metcalf? We had one of those earlier this year where you got to see how literally how fast he was going to catch up to, uh, I think it was the Cardinals defender, right? Wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that, that's correct. Yeah. That was, you know, in fact, if we all remember, you know, DK recorded a fantastic 40 time in Indianapolis. Um, and that, you know, that showed up. And again, I think when we watch a game, you know, as fans or again in the media, uh, we, we know, and coaches, of course, know when a player is fast. But now what you know, what our tracking data allows is to, you know, put context around that speed. And when they can put uh, miles per hour around two players, you start to really appreciate at a new level the athleticism and explosive capabilities of these players. And you mentioned Tyreek Hill. He's, he, he's uh, perpetually on top of the, the fastest ball carriers list on the next-gen stats. Yeah. Right? Uh, another player who who's present, you know, consistently – um, is Raheem uh, Mostert as a running back from the from the Niners? In fact, Raheem has the two fastest times recorded in the 2020 season. Uh, he's recorded a 23.09 miles per hour as, a, as the top speed this year recorded uh, in the NFL, and then uh, his, his, his second place speed was 22.73 miles an hour. You know, I mentioned Raheem because you know, usually we see um, in, in either practice sessions and, or, or games where teams are using our technology. Uh, to evaluate players that it's typically a wide receiver or a cornerback that records the higher speeds. And so to have a running back record the two top highest speeds, not only in 2020, but Raheem also was in the top three the last last year as well. It's pretty incredible. Yeah. All right. So it started with that metric. What has it evolved to for next-gen stats over the last five, six years? Yeah. So in, in addition to miles per hour, the initial, you know, uh, initial set of information that we saw, we also saw the total distance traveled. So our tags, we have two tags on every player on the field. Um, and so we can track not only, of course, the miles per hour and the speed, but we can track how far they travel for each play. So you know, we, we see a, um, a touchdown come out of the end. They get from, from a kickoff, uh, a, a runner might come out of the end zone and run what we would call a hundred yard touchdown in, in, in traditional terms. Now with tracking data, you might find that a player runs anywhere from 110, perhaps 121 miles uh, uh, yards to make that touchdown happen. And that just describes how much they're actually traveling on the field to avoid tackles and get into open space to reach the other end zone. Um, and I think you know, that information was, you know, for the first few years, that was the information that was got people's interest. Um, you know, but while we were, while we were showing that, um, you know, in games and, you know, uh, in, in, in reference and different stories, we're also recording proximity data, so the distance uh, between players, not only on different teams, but on the same team as well. We also can automatically uh, record the, the, the offensive and defensive formations. Uh, we can automatically record the number of players in the box. And so that data was being collected. It just wasn't necessarily being published uh, for, for public consumption. And what we've seen you know, over the years are, you know, as I mentioned initially, the, the NFLs opened up the catalog of next chance that they do share with with us in the general public, yeah. and we're seeing things really unique uh, advanced analytics. Like one of my favorite ones to talk about is the tight window throw category. And so, a tight window throw is when a quarterback completes a pass to a receiver, and there's a, there's a defender with a within a yard or less in proximity to the receiver. 
Um, and then that really gives you an idea of, of course, the, the, capab- the throwing capabilities and the accuracy that NFL quarterbacks throw the football to. It also you know, does suggest the capabilities of wide receivers to catch the ball in traffic. And again, here I am using terms that we all, you know, grew up with, right? Yeah. You know, that, that quarterback can really throw it into a tight window, and that that, that receiver can really, you know, on, on a contested ball comes down with it more often than not. Those are all, you know, descriptive ways uh, to to talk about a play. But now we can put quantifiable information to help us appreciate the capabilities of the players. So, um, you had mentioned there that like the NFL kind of slowly allowed some of this stuff to, to be put out there. Did they perceive it initially as proprietary and that they didn't want the public to consume it or did they not think the public would have an interest in it? Like how did that kind of evolve over time? Yeah, I, I think the NFL will be better to, to answer that question, you know, but from my perspective, you know, and, and what I can share, I think a couple of things, you know, tech, new, new technology and new information services are really exciting, you know, for all of us who love the game of football and sports. Uh, but, you know, the, the NFL has to be pragmatic uh, or any league, you know, and, and established sport has to be very pragmatic when introducing new technologies. So I think the first year is just, you know, getting comfortable and understanding, you know, the efficacy of the system and technology, how the information comes into the databases and how it can be, you know, consistently and reliably distributed to things like applications on websites, how fast can you get the information to a production truck uh, to help the broadcasters out. So I think it's just getting comfortable uh, with the data collection and, and, and its availability. I think you mentioned, you know, another key thing there is, just, you know, how much of that is, is too much. How much of that are the clubs, the coaches, and the players comfortable being shared? How much is considered potentially, you know, uh, a, a challenge to uh, competitive? How much is too disclosing? And I think, again, the league socializing it with the clubs, um, you know, and, and again, very being very pragmatic um, and disciplined about how they describe it and, and, and let it go. Now we've got people much more comfortable um, in both the team at the team level uh, and the league level. Uh, with, with sharing more information. So, that, but you know, one, one thing I'll point out: uh, not only do we have tags on the players, we have an RFID tag inside the football itself, and uh, we have uh, miniaturized an RFID tag that weighs less than four grams. Mm-hmm. And I mentioned that four grams because an NFL football weighs about 400 grams. The tag itself weighs weighs less than one percent of the total weight of the ball. We had to go through a lot of R&D with the league and Wilson Sporting Goods uh, to find the right placement of the tag in the huh. ball so that it, one didn't make noise or didn't uh, affect the integrity of ball flight uh, or the integrity of a pass or a kick. And so that day has been collected since 2017. But even today, uh, we see very limited sets of that information uh, as, as the NFL. And we work to work on the technology and the data reads and, you know, ultimately the league will determine, you know, how much and, and whether or not to share that information with the general public. Um, are the teams using this in practice? Are they looking at metrics while they practice that maybe the public doesn't know about? Yes, yeah, so uh, we're installed in all, all the stadiums in the U.S. of the NFL and also the three stadiums in the U.K. And, and as Texas Stadium in Mexico City. And then we have another business channel where we sell an analogous system uh, to the, the practice facilities. And we have almost a third of the league using our technology and their practice facilities uh, to track all their practices. And, and why the teams track their practices is they can track the players' participation in practice uh, they can also track their overall workload in terms of, you know, the, you know, their top speed recorded 
Um, and we also do calculations to uh, determine, you know, overall work exertion for that player. And of course, as I mentioned, we track uh, how much distance they travel for each rep. You know, that's critically important when you're, you're, you're conditioning your team in a preseason type of environment, of course. Uh, and then, of course, monitoring your team's development, strength, and performance throughout an entire season. Of course, you know, players do get injuries or injured throughout the season. So using tracking data like that is critically important when you want bringing a player back into play uh, from an injury. And, you know, I like, always like to talk about this, too. You know, the tracking information helps teams monitor the, the performance and strength and development of, of players who are in their first year or in the league. Uh, you know, college players may, pay, may play 12, perhaps 13 uh, games in, in a season during their college years. And when they come into the NFL, they're playing a 17-week season. So, as we know, the season's a long season. It's a physical game. It's a grind throughout the season. And so monitoring those players and, and getting them into the you know, peak performance each and every week throughout a season is critically important as well. Um, the ball tag in, in the practice environment is really interesting. You know, the ball tag itself collects um, velocity and rotational information for every pass and kick. Now, you know, I'll just use you know, advanced analytics. It's a lot of fun to talk about, Bram, but you know, sometimes it's the most elementary and fundamental benefits of technology that, are, that, that pay big dividends. You know, in the cases of the quarterback, quarterbacks, you know, before before practice session officially starts, they might go out and throw the ball around, and people may not be watching that pitch count, which again could be important for a young quarterback playing a longer season, you know, their their rookie year, or for a veteran quarterback, you may want to monitor that pitch count, uh, how many times they go during practice session. Our tag automatically collects all the throws for a quarterback. And so in the past, teams used to have either an assistant, perhaps an intern or a position coach manually recording how many throws each quarterback had during a season. Today, with our technology, the teams that use it in their practice facilities, we automatically collect that. And so those coaches and, and, and personnel can be more productive things during the practice session. And I guess, I, I suppose it could monitor arm strength on some level, right? Like, I mean, if you're kind of watching this and seeing what's happening, you could dial back a quarterback's workload off of it. You, you certainly could. And, you know, I think, I think you, you delve into an area where we where we're talking about how much is the NFL and the NFL PA feel comfortable in sharing in terms right. of the ball metrics. We're still working on the ball tracking technology, but certainly in a practice environment, you can see all the potential benefits of, of, of monitoring, you know, how, how many throws, again, we talked about, of course, the overall arm strength um, you know, of a quarterback. But, but again, in, in interacting with scouts and coaches for, you know, a decade and a half now, um, velocity really isn't the top metric uh, or the singular metric that coaches and, and, and strength and conditioning coaches, and, uh, you know, uh, throwing mechanic uh, support staffs are, are looking at. It's, it's the accuracy and the placement of the ball. You know, we, we also have uh, become the, the official uh, tracking technology for the Reese's Senior Bowl for the last three seasons. And we have, you know, we have an exclusive deal to be that partner for the Senior Bowl for years, for a few more years. Um, there we are. We, we own the data in that setting as, uh, in, in conjunction with the Senior Bowl staff itself. And we do share and publish uh, uh, ball velocity data uh, and, and ball metrics for the kickers at the Senior Bowl. And when you think about how hard someone throws, Josh Allen from the Bills, you know, was, was at the Senior Bowl a few years ago. He was recording some pretty high velocities yeah. <laughs> on on passes during the – and what we typically see is you know, a short story here, but you know, Josh was throwing as we anticipate, all anticipated the highest velocity passes in the first day of practice, which was a Tuesday during Senior Bowl week. What was interesting during the drills, Josh wasn't necessarily as accurate as, as, as all the quarterbacks, as the other quarterbacks in his group. 
that day and next day as we're monitoring uh, the tracking data about his velocity was down, you know, three to five miles per hour per pass. But his accuracy was much, you know, was much more effective during those practice sessions. And so it, 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 you look at the information and you kind of sit back huh. and think, well, it's, it's, a, it's the player's first day of practice. He's charged up. He, he really wants to show his capabilities and he's juiced up. And perhaps the coaches, you know, on the field are saying, hey, you know, pull it back a little bit. Let's deliver the ball. And you can see the coaching impact from a Tuesday to a Wednesday practice. And that was one of the more exciting days we had at the senior poll in the last couple of years. I mean, that's amazing. I mean, because as you know, when he came into the league, the knock was he's not accurate and that that's going to be a problem. And maybe all it ever was was he just needed to dial it back a little bit. That, that's amazing. Just a little, yeah, it, it really is. It, it really is. And now I should say, even though we, the public, don't see the ball, the ball data, the league, the league shares the ball metrics data with the teams directly. So the coaching staffs and the personnel staffs, the yeah, performance groups, uh, you know, and the teams do have access to that information. And of course, through the power of software and, and other, other analytics that we have, just think about how you can match, you know passing velocity, rotational information and weather conditions uh, by, you know, by uh, uh, matches to specific pass routes uh, where the passes are attempted and completed. You can get really excited about the type of information that you can put together. And then armed with that information, the experts on the staffs can really go to town in terms of, you know, teaching tools, reference tools to help develop the player. You mentioned this earlier, the 40 time, especially at the combine, comes up immediately and people use it as a, well, that guy's going to get drafted at a certain spot because of whatever his particular 40 time may be, if it's in like the 4-2 range. And then often in the past, you'll hear metrics of bench presses and things like that and leaping ability and all that type of stuff that were the things that were put out there as this is why someone will be drafted where they are. This is the type of player that a team will build. Through your work and the stats that you all are creating, do you get a sense that internally different metrics are were or maybe are being used to build teams? Yeah, that, that's that's a great question. Uh, so I, I would say I would say this first. Um, the Senior Bowl, our, our partnership with the Senior Bowl has been extremely valuable for us and our, and our team partners. And, um, and, and I think the players have enjoyed, you know, um, the work we've done there as well. Um, what, what I have seen is, is teams uh, access our, our, our data at the Senior Bowl. So I, I should clarify, at the Senior Bowl, a, as I'm sure you're aware, and I'm sure most or all your listeners are aware, it's a week's worth of practice in the game itself on Saturday. And we track all the practice sessions, which the teams actually find more valuable, you know, in terms of evaluating and assessing a player and bringing that information into a, a, a draft profile. Uh, we, they find the game information as well, but that Tuesday practice, that first practice, they love looking at the information and utilizing it. And what we're finding is that the teams are now taking, uh, when we, for the players that are at the Senior Bowl, taking that data and then merging it and associating it with 40 times to see if there's a carryover. So is there a certain a spike of, of speed or a player really recording a certain height? Does that translate over to the testing environment that they see with the combine? So I'm seeing teams, you know, firsthand do more of that. Um, and, and a couple of players that stand, you know, stand up you know, really kind of bring that to that, that point to bear is, you know, Montez Sweat, um, you know, when he was at the Senior Bowl uh, a couple of years ago, I, I still, 
we look at the information each and every day and we publish it on a large digital board at the, at the, one of the main player hotels, Mobile. And, and Montez scored uh, one of the highest speeds of the week of any player <laughs> when he was there. Again, we're talking about a, you know, an edge rusher, you know, a defensive lineman by definition. Um, and it's, I don't remember the exact number, but it was some, some in the area of 19 and a half to high, almost 20 miles per hour speed. And he recorded that speed, of course. He's not running. His speed wasn't recorded during a special teams drill where he's running sprinting down the field. This was during drills where he's working in a 10 to 15 you know, yard yeah. space. Um, so it really suggests his explosiveness. Now, of course, the professional scouts and personnel evaluators understood that a player like Montez was extremely explosive in college. But then you get the information at the senior bowl. Go, okay, well that's interesting. He he was uh, he he would have placed ninth amongst the 17 DBs uh, that were at, at senior bowl that way. He would have been ninth fastest of the DBs with that top speed that he carried, and, and he was in the top three of running backs uh, recorded <laughs> in, in speed. So you just again to underscore the athleticism, uh, and then of course you know he ran a really excellent 40 at, at Indianapolis as well. And so that was one of my, you know, in, in the in the years of being down, even previous to my time at, at Zebra, I was with stats. And so I spent a lot of time in Mobile the last decade. And that was one of the more incredible things that we'd seen. Also, you know, a Washington player, Terry McLaurin. Terry McLaurin in 2019, he scored the fastest top speed of any player at the 2019 Senior Bowl at 22.17 miles an hour. Um, and then, of course, Terry, we saw that translate into his bills in, in Indianapolis. And, of course, we're seeing that capability that Terry brings to bear in his speed, utilizing his speed to not only get open uh, and be an effective receiver, but create, you know, yards, you know, extend plays of yards after catch. In fact, Terry McLaurin has the 10th, the uh, he, right now he's 10th in the league and extend and yards, uh, yards, to catch, yards after catch above expectation. So the data that we collect in terms of, when a player catches a ball, how many defenders are around them? How fast are they moving at, at, at the time of the reception? Are they running in, in stride? All that information is, is analyzed. And then you know, Terry is 10th in the league, extending plays at least six and a half yards above expectation uh, during the season. So that I think you see teams become much more comfortable taking metrics of a combine, marrying it with some of the tracking data. Uh, and then you know, you know, bringing that into their scouting assessment. So, so do you ever watch the draft and go, why aren't they picking that guy? <laughs> well, I, I definitely know enough to, to leave it to the experts when it comes to selecting. Right. Players. There's a lot, there's a lot, as you can all appreciate, there's a lot that goes into that. I, I think I, I actually watch, I like to see, I, I watch the combine much differently than I ever did, particularly for those players that we're tracking at the senior ball. Right. So, we, we, we really look forward. We go in there, and our, our group will say, we'll even have internal meetings and just say, who, well, how do we think these guys are going to do? Have informal conversations. And, you know, we have seen over the last three seasons uh, uh, a, a relatively reliable correlation to what, what, what we saw and happened, well, what happened in, in Mobile and did it translate for those, those players that do get invited to the combine as well. And then, of course, if you see some of these players show up at, um, you know, at the draft and get you know, excited for them and, and you like to think that somewhere, somehow, in that draft uh, pick, would you know a piece of the information that this a, a little ingredient that Zebra may have provided that gives us a lot of pride. All right, last thing for you um, as we uh, head into the future. Um, what kind of stats do you think are can you share that you think are going to be coming down the road from Zebra Technologies that NFL fans will be seeing in 2021 and beyond? 
Yeah, so so I think we'll go right to the ball metrics, right, Bram? I, I think seeing some level of the ball metrics would make me excited. You know, I think all of us at Zebra and all of us at Stands, and, you know, I, I think seeing ball metrics at, at some version, you know, included in some of the, the publicly distributed information would be exciting. And, and, we, and we may see that. I don't have any inside information on that. And I, I don't know, you know, the NFL's, NFLPA's current stance. I leave that up to them. We're the service provider for the league, and so that's up to them. But we'd love to see that with all metric publics on a broader scale in the future. I, I think for me, too, you know, being a former, you know, you know, marginal college football player and, and, a, and a longtime fan for my whole life, I, I, what I'd like to see is, let's take the miles per hour, for instance, Bram, and then providing more game context around the miles per hour. So can we, can through the use of mathematics, right, can we take miles per hour as a number for a player during a play and then say, what was the speed of a player, uh, of a linebacker from the moment they recognized during a play, let's call it a play-action pass play, when they take a, a step towards the fake handoff and they have to recover and fall back into coverage? Can we apply the change of direction and the explosiveness, the miles for the, the top speed for that player in that short window when they change direction and go back into their primary coverage responsibility? Or a scenario like a linebacker when they recognize when it's a run play and you can track out where the linebacker is reading and then from the moment of the handoff, because we have a tag in the ball, a tag in the running back, a tag in the quarterback, a tag in the linebacker, how fast is that? How fast is that uh, linebacker recognize run and then get to the point of attack huh. and they make a tackle or miss tackle or contribute to that? So uh, I like to describe it as putting more game situation context around our speed and distance metrics and create a setting for us to really say that, that player has great game speed. Okay, game speed, what does that mean? Put it in game context and game scenarios. I think also the explosiveness of a, of a running back, the last one, I'll, last example I'll make. You know, running back, when they have explosive runs of 10-plus yards or 15-plus yards, what's their acceleration rate into the line of scrimmage? And once they get to that line of scrimmage, what is the differentiation, if there is any, of acceleration into the second the second and third level mm. to extend plays? Um, I think that would, again, bring a lot of excitement for us as fans and the media as well. Uh, but I also think, you know, in terms of allowing uh, coaches and personnel staff to Again, evaluate players in the in the way they view things, how they look at information, how yeah. they try to judge players' capabilities and competencies. I think that would be something that certainly can be done today through software and analytics. I think we'll see that over the next few years. I think you are toggling. I think you know that right on the proprietary stuff, too. I wonder if the NFL and the PA are going to be all right with disseminating that linebacker wasn't supposed to, it wasn't where he was supposed to be. I wonder if they'll let that actually get out there. Yeah, I, I, I wonder that too. And I understand if they don't, uh, I, I think, you know, uh, yeah, selfishly again, I get, I get to speak, you know, from, from a media perspective, I interact from a media perspective, but I also interact with the team, the teams themselves. So when I'm working with the coaching staff and trying to create, you know, more value and service opportunity for them, uh, you know, perhaps we don't see it as fans, but we, we see some version of that you know, leak out, but, you know, primarily we, we, we can we provide that to the team themselves so they can do their job better. But, but I will say this, Bram, you know, if you go to the next gen staff site, there's a category on, on you know, of, 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 of leader list called longest tackles. And if you look at that longest tackles list, it does start to suggest, you know, how far down a field travel, a player will travel, you know, to go, go stop a play. And of course, 
DK metrics, uh, DK Metcalf's tackle uh, yeah. of Buda Baker from behind is, is on there as one of the longest tackles of the season. But, you know, uh, I, I'm totally honored where the NFL and the NFLPA would, would have a perspective on this, and that's great. But I, you know, I think over time we, we see more yeah. comfort, and I, there's probably some version of the scenarios we discussed that that could be shared that aren't overly disclosing, and maybe it's just a limited set. But again, I, I hope to see that, and I would anticipate we see some version of it in a few years. Yeah, and I'm, and I think I, you know, echo the sentiments of all broadcasters more and more and more we'll take all of it and uh with the fans i think what you've learned too is we want it too everybody wants it so uh i could see where the vice grip loosens with you guys and um and they see the benefit of it yeah i i think so it, it, as you mentioned that too i think in that same idea you know coaches and, and personnel staff like to understand players explosive capabilities so what is what does that get off on a, on a 10 yard area in space right so it, it, is there ways or even maybe even it's just a subset of games maybe it's just a playoff game maybe maybe that's the happy medium we find that 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 shows us some of this information but i you know i i am the thing is the tantalizing thing is the technology's there it's, it's capable of doing that again but yeah, the pragmatism, uh, I do say this all the time, it's really important. Technology is really exciting. New information is really exciting. We have to honor the, the foundation, you know, and the yeah. history uh, of these sports and these leagues. And they, they, they've, done, they've done a good job for over 100 years. And they know what they're doing. Uh, and I'm excited that they, they, they partnered with us at Zebra. And, and look, I, I don't know that I would have guessed where we are today when we started this thing seven years ago. Yeah, so, you know, I, I trust I trust their judgment. I mean, what I what I what's actually like very encouraging is you sound like you're still a fan of the game because I I, I worry about a day where I know too much that I don't enjoy the game the same way, and I can only imagine that you watch these games and you almost know too much about what's going on in front of you. Well, that's it's a, it's a interesting point. It's a good point. I think part of you know my my friends you know they knew what kind of a sports you know. You know you know, fan I was. Like, I love all sports, and it was all, it was, it was my life as a kid, admittedly. Um, you know, and I think you know, people wonder: is too much information does does it ruin the sport? Or working take a bit of the bloom off the rose? Can you see a bit of the inner workings? You know, quite honestly, Brim, the closer I get to it, the more access to this information, I, I definitely look at the games through a different. But there's more of, a, more of that of an appreciation. Um, we we know these, but I would have loved the information. As, as a matter of fact, I was talking with Barry Sanders at the Super Bowl in Miami this year, and you know he's like, "Gosh, I would have loved to have this tracking information on me <laughs> <laughs> when, when I was running." Can you yeah. can imagine the change of direction, the explosive information from someone like Barry Sanders or Eric Dickerson, uh, uh, some of the the game's great players? And so I, I think that just underscores that it brings you closer to the game it really does bring give us an appreciation for the true athleticism of these players the fidelity of the data doesn't take the fun out of it it brings a new dimension to it and so I, that's why i'm excited about it and i continue to be yeah uh, go back get the video of barry sanders show why he was special i think uh i, th- I think uh there's value in that too i think you guys could do that well, you know that's something on the old in the old idea uh, board here in the office, yeah. you know, Bram, and, and and I I have a I have an autographed comment of one of my favorite players of all time, but I'll just I'll mention one more player. How about Bo Jackson? 
would have been very interesting yeah. to see some of Bo Jackson's accelerations. <laughs> yeah, you know when he was running. I'm located in Seattle when he had the big Monday Night Football game. You know against the Seahawks years and years ago. But uh, iconic moments in NFL football. But perhaps as a day that we can retroactively leverage some of the game video and generate uh, some speed metrics, and that would give us all something really new to talk about. It's all really cool. John Pollard is the head of sports at Zebra Technologies, which is the company behind the NFL's Next Gen Stats. Thank you so much, John, for spending so much time with us. Graham, thanks for having me. I really appreciate the conversation. Enjoyed it very much. On the next Future Sport Podcast, wearables may revolutionize more than just athletic metrics. Obviously, when you have a global pandemic, Uh, in the form of a virus and that virus self-selects in part by by the level of your immune system and other risk factors about your body it just makes the population at large wonder am i am i healthy enough and i think the other thing that's amazing about covid19 and scary about covid19 is you can literally have the virus but not feel any that's will ahmed ceo of whoop who will discuss how the pandemic has opened the eyes of many to preventative health care That will do it for this episode. As always, the future is now. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein. The Future Sport Podcast is brought to you by 3Advance, developers of sports tech apps that are AI-powered and UX-focused. So if you're looking to create some apps for your startup or your sports biz calls for some artificial or business intelligence, you should check out 3Advance. They're incredible. Go to 3Advance.com. That's the number 3Advance.com.